Ooh, welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for you. I have on Zoom with me right now, Michael Berryman, and he played Pluto in The Hills of Eyes 1 and 2. How are you doing, Michael? I'm trying to get my lightning better. I'm doing really good. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad that you're doing you're doing good, and I'm so glad we were able to set up this interview. Um, so the first question I got for you is, uh, how did you get your start into acting? Oh, hang on, I'm working with the lighting. No problem. Oh. That's a good question. It was actually serendipitous. That's a long, uh, a lot of letters for a word that means I got lucky. <laughs> I was getting ready to homestead in Alaska, mm -hmm. and I had a little gift shop in Venice Beach, California. Okay. And the night we were going out, of, we were going out of business in a couple of days. It was a little arty farty, uh, hippy dippy, uh, uh, really cool little shop. We had plants and artwork and all all the various th things that the local artists would make. We put them on consignment. It was kind of neat. Awesome. And Across the street was a very expensive antique store run by George Powell's daughter and his son-in-law. It was called the Gallimaufry. So we were friends in business with them. We knew them and they said, hey, look, we're having an invitation only for a lot of millionaires and billionaires to uh, come in the store and they're gonna buy, we have Ming Dynasty egg urns and all kinds of expensive antiquity and museum quality uh, items. So I said, that sounds really cool. They said, you know, we, we could probably do better if we had your, your palms and your big plants in here to make it look more, more like a home mm -hmm. as opposed to an antique store. And I go, oh, yeah, we can do that. And I says, and by the way, we'll buy everything you can put in our store. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, we were pretty on board with that. So we did that. I invited some other friends, and we all dressed up very uh, as more fantastically as we could possibly, uh, you know, adorn ourselves. And... Um, I was wearing regular, you know, a, a nice shirt and, and, and trousers, but I was wearing a black Moroccan uh, Bedouin cape with a hood and it had three white stripes going all down the border and, and, and you know, I looked like a thespian, right, you know. So we're, we're just kind of mingling and talking with people and, you know, waiting for the event and they had good munchies and, you know, wine and there was Bentleys and Rolls Royces and chauffeurs and you know, a lot of movers and shakers were in there, right? right. So just about before the event is over, um, the owner in my, uh, introduces me to her father and it went like this. This very kind gentleman walked up to me and he shook my hand and he says, excuse me, are you an actor? And I go, no, man, I'm just wearing this outfit because it's cool and groovy and uh, I got the shop across the street and that's about it. Nice. And uh, hang on a second. No uh, I can't take this call right now. Um, so I said no. And he did this thing, mm -hmm. he made a frame and he goes, uh, there's something about your face. I go, yeah, tell me about it. And I say, he says, no, no, no. He says, 
your face fits the description of a character in a movie I'm doing called uh, Doc Savage, uh, the coroner in Mexico in Hildago. Has, and I go, I read that book. I, I know all about those books. And so we kind of talked about the story and he said, would you please be in my movie and, you know, and, and uh, work at, it's one day we'll be at Harold Lloyd's estate and we'll nice. pretend it's South America. And that's awesome. I'll pay you 400 bucks. And I go, sure. I needed the money. I was going to take my truck and drive to Alaska and Homestead. Okay. 400 bucks would, you know, that would help out. So yeah. he also yeah. said, I'm going to make sure you have a Screen Actress Guild card me membership. I'll pay your dues for the first year. And if anybody ever asks you your question, Scotty, I am, uh, I have agreed to always answer in the following, which is George Powell discovered me. Nice. And uh, thank you, Georgie, uh, because uh, the rest is history. And they gave me a career, gave me an opportunity to work work my butt off and uh, learn a lot. And I was very uh, grateful to work with some of the best people in the industry and learn from them. That's awesome. And, I like you, my name. <laughs> and you, you were even great in The Hills Have Eyes, both one and two. And speaking of the, those movies, how did you get your audition for the first one? Well, it was a simple casting call, basically. Uh, Peter Locke and Wes Craven and Barry Kahn had seen me in Cuckoo's Nest. And they figured uh, because I had the skull surgery as a child and Right. You know, the overall look and, you know, stubby fingers, whatever. They figured, hey, he could be a mutant and be part of the cannibal family. And, you know, uh, so I got a call from my agent. I said, you know, go meet these people and good luck. Right. The meeting went very well. Uh, I still talk to Peter, this, uh, you know, to this, to this day. And Susan Lanier Bramlett, uh, we're, we're in touch constantly. And uh, Dee Wallace and... Uh, uh, um, uh, Janice Blythe, uh, we're all in touch with one another, and uh, we have been over, over the last, you know, 30-something years, been doing this for 40 years, so um, the meeting went very well. Wes, Wes was quiet and um, very uh, educated. Uh, he told the story about the McBean family and, and what, the, what, the, what the screenplay was based upon. And then the counterpoint between the white bread family on vacation versus the cannibal family that, you know, we know how to uh, uh, survive in, in our zip code. And they happen to get the, the uh, uh, well, they take a shortcut. And you should never take a shortcut in a scary movie. Exactly. Dee Wallace, she's such a sweetheart. I uh, interviewed her for my show. And she, she was, she was, it was funny because uh, she was supposed to do the, she was scheduled for my show. And she got a call to be on set for something that she was filming last minute when she wasn't supposed to be there. And she's like, well, I have an interview scheduled within like the next hour. So she quickly rushed to set because that's her job. And while in hair and makeup, she made time to do the interview for me. And she did the interview and she said, I can only give you 20 minutes. I'm sorry, but I can only give you 20 minutes because I'm in hair and makeup. She gave me 35. Well, uh, yeah, that's the kind of gal, kind of gal she is. Yep, she's she was such a sweetheart, it really is. Um, so how did it come about on you? What was that? Can, uh, I said, uh, you know, she can be outspoken on occasion. <laughs> <Yeah. her> such. <laughs> Absolutely. So how did it come about about um, on you being brought back for the sequel? Well, it was a slam dunk. They had a little bigger budget. We were using different lighting. We were using HMIs at the time. That was state of the art. 
Kind of, like I said, yeah, it actually had a budget. Um, so if, if it, you know, if it's a, if it's a part two, they just wrote it in that uh, Papa Ju, um, the Reaper patched me up real good, and <laughs> I sur I survived the, the 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 dog biting my throat. I mean, it's just creative license, but you know, I got to be on the cover, uh, the one sheet for the original. Nice. So that would yeah. work well in, in, in a subsequent, uh, um, in the remake, you know, right. so familiarity go, Oh, I saw the first one. Oh, there's that guy. Uh, ooh, what's he doing now? So it, it was, it was kind of, uh, you know, it had to be, you know, right. So this next question is pretty much a two part is so how, what was the quote unquote movie magic? behind the dog biting out your throat and how did they do the scene where you end up falling off the cliff in the second one? Uh, well, I'll answer the second question first. Uh, okay. The falling off the cliff was my stunt double. Okay. And he, he actually fell quite a distance, about 35, uh, 35 feet, maybe 40 feet, landed on a giant, you know, airbag. Went where a well, it was a long shot, so he couldn't tell it wasn't me. And I got to work with the Mo de, de Sesso and his dogs, the uh, German Shepherd, the older German Shepherd uh, beast. You know, he, he was long in the tooth, as they say, a little gray in the muzzle. Uh, he was the bionic dog yeah. on the TV series. Now, I knew the, uh, uh, the people at uh, Cougar Hill Ranch and, and also, well, the de Sessos. Um, and when you work with animals, it's very uh, advantageous to understand that they're going to direct the scenes, they're going to direct the action, they're going to say things you need to pay attention to, so everyone is safe and they, they get the shot right. in one or two takes. That helps production, makes your director happy, right. makes everybody uh, uh, happy. So what I do is when I'm working with animals, I, I hang out all day long in my free time with them and the animals I'm working with. I don't interact with other people except my director or maybe wardrobe or makeup, you know, somebody, you know, that has a, a specific task to take care of. And the reason for that is to have the animal comfortable with you. Now, the, 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 the neck attack, I, I had a dog collar on and um, there was a tennis ball wrapped in, in leather sewn to the back of that collar that's on my neck. Mm -hmm. So the dog was, uh, before we rolled camera, they dressed the blood. Well, they had a tube going up to pump the blood as, he's, as we're tugging and then it flows. It looks like I'm getting my throat ripped out. And the way to accommodate that is very simple. What you do is uh, you, uh, you grab the dog behind the jowls and the neck and you just sort of hold on and, and we practice doing this motion. Mm -hmm. And at the whole, and during the entire process, the dog was given the command to grab the lump, the tennis ball, and to hold and not release until he's given a command to release. Exactly. That protected me from getting bit while we're doing a, this little dance. So we practiced that a few times. We got it in two takes. That's awesome. And it's really yeah. amazing with what you can do with animals in the acting business, especially, you know, with obviously with them being you know trained appropriately but that's really amazing with what they can do with that and I, it's really fascinating um yeah uh preheat the oven there to 400 and um 
So what was your most memorable moments about filming both the first and second Hills of Eyes films? Oh, uh, uh, wow, well, there's quite a few moments. Um, okay, in the first one, um, it, was, it was really hot in the daytime, cold at night. Mm -hmm. um, it was very challenging. I don't do heat very well. Um, it was very physical. We had no budget. Uh, during the attack in the trailer where uh, Mars kicks me out and I get angry and I take the hatchet and chop out the trailer, we only had one trailer. Okay. So it was all handheld. So I'm on top of Brenda and the camera operator actually is, is Mars and he pulls me away. We practice that and he's wearing, it's a camera. It's got a metal uh, lens cover, et cetera. So the bottom line is, you have to keep your distance between the camera and your head so you don't hit each other, that ruins the shot. And also you gotta know where you are in the frame. It's real important to look through a viewfinder if you're an actor and if you're doing a tight shot, you need to know what they require. And if you have a visual, that helps a lot. I'm very, you know, there's the art part, there's the performance part, and then there's the technical part. You gotta know all three. So in that, in that scene, um, you can see me actually look, uh, well, we did it by the numbers, the different things I smashed, the, the, the hanging uh, planter, uh, the, uh, the partition, when I smashed that, I actually had a big sliver went right through my, my, my uh, palm, but you're in the moment, then I go over to the table and smash that up and then I'm, you know, mad and I, and I walk away. Earlier in the scene, when I come in and I'm stealing stuff, I always make sure I got the ammunition, the weapons, and I take the meat and the milk. And I purposely made reference visually to the door, which had a red and a green apple, meaning I don't want apples. I, I, we eat meat, we're cannibals, get it? Okay. So it's a little wink, wink. Uh, Wes liked that idea. Nice. That was kind of a cool memory. Um, let's see. Uh, a memory aside from, uh, on the first one, we were doing a, uh, a promotion around the country at various theaters. Mm -hmm. And we went to uh, uh, a drive-in and they had me uh, dress up like Pluto and Peter and Wes thought it would be funny if I banged on some car doors and windows mm -hmm. during the attack. And then, so like a dummy, I, I, I said, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And then this girl screamed and her seven foot tall, 300 pound boyfriend with a baseball bat was not happy. And he says, I'm gonna smash your skull in. You scared my girlfriend, you blankety blank. And so I'm going, this is not what I expected. So I'm running, trying to find the van. This idiot is, you know, gonna kill me with a baseball bat. And uh, pretty soon I see headlights and the van pull up and Wes Craven's hanging on the, on the you know, the back seat or reaches his arm out and he goes, you know, grab, grab my hand. And I did. And we went, we drove away, went to a diner and, you know, we were, everybody's real quiet. We kind of looked at each other and figured, you know, maybe we had a scary movie and maybe it's a hit. Um, part two, um, the Reaper character was kind of weak. Uh, uh, loved John, loved working with John, but he kind of played it 
too over the top. He didn't take it too seriously uh, to a certain degree. Um, the dog flashbacks were cool. It's nice to have the, some of the original cast members still available. Nice. Um, we had different uh, different different cameras. We had red. I think we had red cameras and uh, HMI lighting. Um, so it was a lot different. It had a different look, different feel. Uh, but uh, as as far as memory uh, memories, I think uh, uh, number one stands out uh, far and above uh, part two. Like part two, my favorite thing about it is uh, the, the dog flashback. It'd be quite awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And the, I mean, it did look, it looks so realistic. It looks really good on camera with the, the dog just ripping your throat out. Even like, I'm just talking about the first one itself. Um, that was, that was just brilliantly done. And I mean, Wes Craven, he's a, he's a genius. He really is as a director. I mean, with the Hills of Eyes and a Nightmare on Elm Street scream, of course. Um, and, and of course, speaking of Wes Craven, God rest his soul. Um, what was he like as a director? Well, as a, as a director, he was uh, the same way as the man himself. He was calm and quiet and never yelled or screamed. He knew what he wanted. He would tell you specifically what he wanted. I think the only time we ever had a difference was when uh, in part one, where I have the binoculars and I'm giving the report back to our camp, he wanted me to do something threatening, like take my knife and go scrape, scrape on a, on a boulder and then exit the scene like, okay, now we're going to go get him. And I said it would be, uh, no, I said that would dull the knife. Pluto's knife would be deadly sharp at all moments. And now if, if, I, if I ran it across my hand and it bled or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. and he licked it or something like that, that, that would be sinister and creepy. And we weren't budgeted for that effect. So right. uh, he said, can you do that? I said, no, no. He said, oh, never mind. Well, just, just, just do the report and exit. Aside from that, I've worked with him uh, on the fifth floor, a little movie in LA, and um, yeah, we, we did another project too. So, but he 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 did his homework. He was a smart guy, delightful to be around, good sense of humor, good guy. That's really cool. So the last question I got for you is: uh, Do you have any other projects that you would like to promote to the viewing and listening audience, as well as any websites and social media accounts? Um, as far as projects, COVID's kind of put everything on hold. I will be at the uh, uh, Blood and Ink uh, uh, in Nashville uh, uh, convention, Ben Dixon's show, and, and Ben and his wife. It's, it's a wonderful show. You can get a nice tattoo. I've got a few tattoos myself that I've had that I got there. Anyway, that's at the end of the uh, first of the month of next month. Um, as far as promote, I have the website, michaelberryman.com. You can get pictures signed from there. There's a couple, there's a cool hoodie. There's a couple other items. We'll be adding more down the line. Uh, I've been posting on my Facebook page to remind people that uh, over for 40 years, I've been, you know, doing the mail signing the autographs, but it, the, the, I, I love you guys. I appreciate you, but the volume is so much, uh, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that there will be no more signing by mail. Uh, I, I wish I could. I'm 72 years old. I got things to do. And one of those things is to share with you my, my memoirs, my autobiography about uh, me. Uh, uh, it's got a picture of me as a little kid before the skull surgery. I had hair. It's called It's All Good. Uh, just about done with the final rewrite. And it'll be off to my manager and to the publisher in a couple months. Um, my Facebook page and my website will 
uh, keep you posted on when it when it's available. Um, that's the main thing. Uh, aside from that, just uh, staying healthy. Uh, you know, take me vitamins, work out. You know, you know, just just and uh, you know, try to have a good laugh once in a while. You know, um, you know, be be kind to one another. Try to understand people that confuse you or frustrate you, and just you know, kind of let let things go if you can. If you can't, then walk away. That's always a good. That's always a good option too. <laughs> Absolutely, and um, you have don't my... pity the fool. I pity the fool. <laughs> I actually met Mr. T once. So what a what a wonderful guy. I pity the fool. <laughs> I'm super nice. Guy. I mean, really <laughs> nice guy. You have an IMDb page, right? So, any projects after COVID and after this interview, if you're in anything, will be updated. I don't have anything to do with the IMDb page. My manager will have will get a hold of them and, and pull things out. So a lot of times people get a, a, a LOI letter of intent and then they'll put it, put it on IMDb thing and it makes it appear that they're up and, up and running and have all their casts and financing. But uh, if, if they're not greenlit, then it's premature to do that. So um, it's, it's correct most of the time. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Yeah, and it, it does make it easy with uh, adding things to IMDb. Like you know, even if you're not involved with the project, it, it really like there should be a more, a more some like a more I don't know like uh, like a harder way or uh, like a way that they could check if that actor or actress is in it without having the manager or the agent just going right in and having to check for themselves. Yeah, uh, like I say, I just say uh, call yeah. Judy. <laughs> people have questions hey you want to be doing this you want to do that and i just say uh, call judy right. she's a wonderful lady that's how i was able to get in touch with you was right through her and she's 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 a sweetheart so I yeah, that's how it works, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well i thank you michael so much for joining me for this interview you're very welcome uh great questions uh, i i hope your uh your your podcast is it it's a podcast. It'll be on YouTube, the video version, and then it'll be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, yeah. Spotify, and all those other sites. Yep. Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, to everybody, uh, take care of one another. Be safe. Uh, avoid yep. stupid people if you can. And uh, peace out. All right. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Take care. Thank you.